Welcome back to another episode of the Resellers Mindset Podcast. My name is Mike, also known as the Used Book Guy on YouTube, along with my friend and fellow full-time reseller, Johnny B. We help people start and grow their reselling businesses from the ground up. We also have a weekly Zoom call and private Discord for all YouTube members. Head on over to youtube.com backslash usedbookguy to join the channel and gain access to the full-length podcast, Zoom call, and private Discord today. Let's get into this week's episode. What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode 27, Reseller's Mindset Podcast, JB and Mike, as always. Today's topic is going to be a fun one. Is a reselling oversaturated? Is it possible to start a reselling business today from nothing? We're going to cover everything that's out there related to just, you know, the idea that, hey, there's no more space in the reselling world. Like, I can't start a new reselling business today because the used book guy's already got all the books and whatever he doesn't have. Johnny B's got the other half, so there's no room for me to kind of get involved. He's already shaking his head no, so we're going to throw it over to him and let him just run away with his thoughts here. Sure. Um, is the market oversaturated? Absolutely. Is there? Can you still start a reselling books today, reselling business in media today? Absolutely, yes. Um, I hear it all the time um, with new booksellers, how to, especially on eBay, how do I compete with a place like Declutter? And the answer is you don't compete with them. You do what they're not doing. Uh, for me, I took that very well when I got told this because it's the same question. It's the same answer every time. Um, it, I, I do more photos than those guys do. I put a book description in there uh, than they do. I have better packaging than they do. Uh, I do a lot of things better than they do. And I also have my condition, actually what you get, because I don't know if you've ever ordered from them, listeners, but if you do, their condition note may not be what you actually get. Um, and that could go either way. It could go good or bad. It'd be a be way better condition than it's rated or way worse condition than what it's rated. It kind of a mixed bag with those guys because they're so large. But the mistakes are going to happen when you have something that large. There's just human error all, all in there. But as far as... Uh, is it oversaturated? Uh, yeah, I kind of is. I mean, there's more than one DVD seller because you're not or, or bookseller or CD seller, whatever you're into. You're competing with grandma who could use eBay versus grandma who can't use eBay on Amazon. And then you got the younger, more technical, technical savvy people on Amazon. Um, and then the other platforms, there's competition of variety there and the different market spaces. That's interesting to talk about, too. I say your more collector older books are on eBay and your more newer barcode books are on Amazon. So again, different spaces. And I think all markets are quote unquote oversaturated because like I mentioned, grandma, she may only have a hundred books on her store, but there's a thousand of her. Um, so that adds up quickly and they got the same books you do. Right. But again, how do you do better than what grandma's doing on her listings? Um, yeah. Segue, Mr. Mike. People would argue that, I mean, at least I would argue that, right? There's more resellers today than there's ever been. So that's like, oh, that's why I'm not going to start because, you know, there's so many resellers. There's, it's not like the, the reselling pool is going down. I mean, I wish there was like an official like reselling number. How many people are reselling this month, like month over month, just so we kind of can see like, what the actual uh, like community, if it's growing or if it's getting smaller when it comes to selling. But I, I, I agree with you. Like there is a lot of people, but that doesn't mean there's not a lot of opportunity just because, I mean, I would argue, you know, how many people have a reselling business and 
aren't making money and have no idea what they're doing. It's that percentage is probably the highest in any profession. You know, if we're going to take, you know, reselling at as a profession here, when it comes to like not knowing what you're doing in your business, I would, I would probably, you know, bet a lot of money that reselling has the highest percentage of people that really don't understand their business and don't really do the things they should do, but you can get away with it because there's nobody, you know, nobody holds you accountable, right? I'm not like you do something wrong. I'm not coming over there and uh, yelling at you or firing you about it. You just keep doing it. And a lot of people just do it wrong and they continuously do it wrong. Right. And another mistake people make um, is they don't pump the money back into the business because it takes time, uh, no matter which way you go, to build it to an ability where, okay, I bought everything I can buy. All my systems are in place. All my equipment is as good as it's going to get. I bought all the redundancies in that equipment in case it ever breaks down. I won't be down for a week while I'm waiting for it to get here. They go out and, oh, I made a thousand bucks. I'm going to spend all a thousand bucks on me. Maybe it's clothes. Maybe it's an upgrade to your car. Uh, maybe it's just going spree shopping and they don't pump it back in. And then they've made no money, essentially, um, when they're trying to grow a business. I mean, even another point is the software guys. How do you compete with software guys? Because I don't do software personally. Um, but again, I I do things differently than the software guys. They don't normally they don't do photos. They got stock photos. There's some out there where you can. But even those people don't use that feature because they're just like scan, boom, scan, boom, move on, move on, move on, which is that game. It's very much a volume centric game. Um, I do a lot of listings, so I do have some volume, but I can't compete with the machine. Um, I'm just not fast enough. Uh, even if I was all copied up, um, I was feeling extra froggy. I just can't do it. But my, I do, I do things differently. Uh, to account for that. And I think those differences do matter in the long run. Um, you're basically Rocky training to fight Ivan Drago, who's all steroided out of his mind, yeah. right? And you're out in the wilderness, you know, pulling cars in the snow while he's just getting, you know, a needle shot into his arm for his uh, steroids, right? And that's kind of what they both work, right? It's different, it's completely different things. And I think that's where a lot of people get caught up with it. You know, if if you just want to go copy a software for somebody that's using software, that's going to be a lot harder than just kind of finding your own niche, your own specialty, kind of what you do with your eBay store. And I think that if you just go the software route, it's going to be a lot harder because a lot of the software people are huge sellers and you're literally just, you know, everything is the same. Every single, every single listing they do is the exact same. They're all pulling the exact same information. The listings are exactly the same. So you got to kind of differentiate yourself when it comes to reselling anymore. And I think, you know, it's everywhere you look, at least for me, right? TikTok videos, uh, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, all the reselling community posts about is like, I'm making all this money and look how easy it is to to go into Ross or Marshall's or go into a thrift store and buy an item for $5 and sell it for $200. So I think it kind of works both ways. If people get in the mindset that you just got to walk in a store and make money and it's that easy. So they, I think a lot of people are willing to try reselling, even if, even if in their mind they think it's oversaturated because you only see the huge wins when you're you know on social media or any kind of, you know, media platform at all you don't see kind of the actual business side of it the actual times you go to a store and don't find anything so i think a lot of people 
think it's oversaturated because they see all the content out there, but they're willing to give it a shot because it seems like it's easy money. Right. Um, a YouTuber I really enjoyed, and I still enjoy him, um, it was Harry Tornado. He, he was a fun guy to watch, but he would go in, buy stuff, and he would post his numbers and be he would be honest with his numbers, what he was making. But to I use that to transition to start doing it. It's not as easy as he made it out to be. And that was no fault of his own. Um, and I very much think it was region-based uh, because he just had access to different things than I did. Um, and again, I'm not I'm not slashing the man or anything, but they gave me a false illusion of how easy it is just to relate to this conversation. And again, he didn't do anything underhanded at all. Um, it was just, I didn't have all the facts and I thought I did. So that that's on me. That isn't on him at all. Yeah, because I mean, listen, you don't want to watch me organize my storage unit on YouTube. You don't want to watch me, you know, pack a box on YouTube. Like, so, I mean, the argument that, oh, reselling YouTubers, oh, they're a, re they're a YouTuber before a reseller. Well, listen, they have a, clearly have a business. All most, I mean, mostly all of the, the YouTube resellers have a business and they just show you little parts of it, maybe the highlights of it. And that's yeah. just because that's what brings the views in, right? You know, it's kind of people that, you know, do kind of the clickbaity titles and things like that. It's the same way. And people don't want to watch me, you know, sweep the storage unit. They don't want to watch me, you know, do the stupid things I do that is, pertains to the business, right? They don't want to watch me sit here with a heat gun and peel off, you know, 100 Goodwill stickers like I did the other day. Like, that's not, that's not entertaining. So it's like, sure, I'm sure you would have some kind of audience because people relate to actually seeing everything that goes on. But the majority of, you know, if you're going to be in a, a media space or you're trying to grow a brand or a social media following, People don't want to see that. They want to see, you know, oh, yeah, you know, I bought this for a dollar and it sold for a hundred dollars. Like, that's the kind of stuff that's going to bring you the, the clicks, basically. I remember a video of yours very early on where you did the heat gun and you're peeling stickers on the table and you did the speed up thing because it took forever. It was very enjoyable, Mike, I will say. I was like, huh, it takes that long, huh? Because he had to speed up the video because I'm like, it's going to take four times as long as what I'm seeing here. Yeah, that, that was the only video I ever heat gunned in, and uh, it takes time, and it's not, you know, it's not all fun and just going to the store and buying something and selling it right away. Like, there's actually work that goes into it, but, like, just thinking about how many people resell today, like, what do you think the percentage is of full-time people where their primary income source is reselling versus people that do this part-time? That's interesting. Um and we're, and we're including people, yeah, okay. So we're, we would include people that have been at it for a minute, not people just started that are starting full-time. We don't know if they're going to last or not. Yeah, no, we're somebody that's making full-time income where if their only income was their reselling business, they could cover their bills and live. I'd say it's less than 20% of I was, all the sellers. I, I was thinking even lower than that. So yeah, I think oh, that's- is lower than that, to be honest. I think, I think that's a good kind of starting point because a lot of the things you see, it's like, Hey, I flipped this for 200 bucks. Well, you know, 200 bucks going to pay your monthly bills. You would be sorely mistaken. I mean, unless, unless you have no expenses and, you know, you got all your utility, you got a solar panel. Johnny B can't figure out his camera here for those okay. watching on YouTube. Ah, um, I win. Yeah. So I think it is a lot less than it actually like it's made out to seem right. Because even a lot of the YouTubers, you know, they don't make a full-time income doing this. They might show you some huge scores they have, but this isn't like a full-time 
income source. And a lot of it is, you know, and I can jump in here. And I'll even say a lot of people that do like, you know, that poster sales on Amazon, they mean nothing. The sales mean nothing. What are you really making at the end of the day? You could sell a million dollars. And I could argue that you probably spend a million, million too, just to sell a million, right? It's uh it's a fine line. And I think it gets misconstrued that every reseller you see, every piece of content you see, that person is doing this full time. And this is how you make easy money. Now, there's some other people in my daily refinement group where they make a full-time living with their um, eBay business. Um, and they also make a full-time living with their full-time job. They figure out a way to do both, how to basically double their income. They don't need their quote-unquote full-time job. Maybe they want to keep it for benefits reasons or tax reasons, but they could walk away from their day job anytime they want. Um, but they don't. And I haven't figured out why they don't. But I think it may have to do with like security and what they know. And they're able to do their eBay reselling life and their work life and their home life uh, just fine. And I think that's their routine and what they're used to. Even for me, changing my routine, I don't like doing it, but sometimes I need to do it. Um, and for them, it may be a similar kind of thing. They don't want to change the routine and what they got's work and why, why rock the boat kind of deal. Um, but that's interesting for those types of people who have made it and have made it and have made it in both home reselling and work. So do you think if there was like some disclaimer you had to say, right, whether you were making full time or part time income, do you think that there would be as much like attraction to, you know, something if it was somebody that had to say, hey, I do this part time. I only make, you know, part time money doing this. Do you think like the whole appeal of reselling would be a lot less? Because to me, I think it would, because if, if people, you know, would have to say whether they're making a part time or full time income, um, I think a lot of it would be part time income content you see out there, at least in my opinion. So I think it would be a lot less appeal to kind of, you know, even go to a store and try buying something to flip or scanning stuff to flip. Right. I mean, I I meet a lot of people that say they're full time. They work full time hours but they don't do full-time effort. They, they are, they're, they're trapped in again, a routine, a bad habit routine and it takes them all day to do like 10 listings. Um, they're barely scraping by and either they're not really allocating their money and they're not making enough money. And they always ponder why they don't fix their own situation. Um, and they work really hard, but they're, they're just doing things incorrectly. And, Though they are quote unquote full time, there is difference between effort full time, like putting actual effort into it and just going through the motions full time and making no changes and spinning your wheels. I searched part time reseller on YouTube and like went to channels to see if there's like how many people actually are like have part time like in their channel name. Mm -hmm. And there's honestly not many like a handful. Uh at least that's showing up for me. I know uh, part-time pickers. I've been subscribed to him for a while and, you know, his channel is part-time pickers. But like, I feel like people are almost hesitant to kind of be willing to say that. It's like, we have plenty of people in the YouTube group and the Discord that do this part-time that I would guarantee make a lot more money than people that actually say they do what full-time make. And that's crazy to me because 
you know, they don't try to be like, yeah, I do this full time and blah, blah, blah. They're like, no, I do this part time, but the revenue they're making is more than probably what a lot of full timers make. So it's kind of it's kind of weird to me when you think about like the part time, full time uh, aspect ratio when it comes to like the content you see out there and how, you know, how easy is it? to just go out and start a reselling business because all you got to do is open an eBay, Amazon account and go to, you know, Ollie's, Ross, Marshall's and scan stuff and sell it. I mean, it's kind of, I think, do you think that's another problem? Why, why we say it's oversaturated is because the barrier to entry is basically zero. Yeah, I I think so. (laughs) I mean, it's hard to go over what's all involved when you're learning on YouTube or through articles and stuff. You don't really know until you go out and do it what all, and I mean all, is involved um, and how long it really takes. I mean, even the account setup, no one really talks about how to set up your account either on eBay or Amazon, but that is a long, lengthy process. It's not a day, it's several days, because there's always delays of some kind. Um, And it does look, everybody makes it look easy. But the reason it looks easy is because the people filming the stuff have been doing it a minute. They know what to do. Uh, It's like learning to play baseball. You can't just watch a whole lot of videos on baseball and then go out and play baseball and expect to be an expert at baseball. That's not how that works. It takes training and time. Do you think a lot of people that jump into reselling like kind of kind of get you know smacked over the head almost because they're like wait a minute this isn't just going to a store and scanning something and selling it like it's kind of almost a reality check because like you said they don't show none of that stuff or you know if it's me showing you how to list a book yeah i can get it done in 15 seconds on amazon maybe it's going to take you two minutes and that's a big difference when you think about it yeah no no doubt um and even packing i remember packing my first box it took me like four hours it didn't take me nearly that long after i packed 10 or 15 boxes, but I was not prepared for that four hour jaunt of, uh huh, this is how it works. And this is back when I was doing the 30 up, 30 up labels. And it was play, find the book, find the book, match the giant match game is what that was. Yeah. It's, it's like, yes, there's more resellers than ever, but I feel like I would also say that there's more opportunity than ever in reselling than there ever has been. I mean, even if you're brand new, even if you decide to go out tomorrow and start a reselling business, I feel like there's more opportunity today than there was a year ago, just in the overall spectrum, no matter what what you want to sell, right? No matter what you want to sell when it comes to any kind of category, clothing, sneakers, Lionel trains, uh, kids' toys, anything. I feel like the opportunity is it's it's endless now i feel like it's never been higher to kind of start because there's stuff everywhere and if you if you build the business correctly and leverage you know your cash and pumping money back into your business and building relationships you can almost have it to where it just operates like a well-oiled machine right the stuff comes to you you list it maybe you hire somebody like yourself and you just have this smooth running process and you just continually grow it and grow it and grow it. And yeah, it takes time. But the opportunity today, you know, even just on social media, even just being able to reach out to somebody, right? Having the chance to say, oh, I'm going to send, you know, uh, Reezy, I'm going to send Reezy resells a DM. Mm-hmm. Who responds to you, right? That never existed before, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, when these platforms, you know, where you still had to mail a check, you bought something on eBay. And you had to mail the person a check or money order. I remember doing that when I was a teenager, like I'm buying this off eBay and you got to mail them a money order. And it's like, 
the the opportunities today are endless across the board. Right. I mean, even if your market is full or well, let's do one better because I talked about full markets already. Let let's say there's a small market. No one's really selling this thing. That's where I would ask a lot of questions like why is nobody selling this thing? Are the margins super slim? Small margins are okay if you can do it in scale. Um, or are these really expensive items and there's just not a lot of them out there, like collectibles? How do I find a bunch of $200 plus collectibles? Okay. And if you can answer these questions, hey, man, the market's all yours, even if it's a small market. Yeah. And another, I think another thing people have to realize is the percentage of resellers you see on, on social media and, you know, YouTube and everything, that is a tiny, tiny, tiny percentage of the overall number of resellers. How many people out there aren't on a podcast, aren't listening to a podcast? Literally, they just do their business behind closed doors. Nobody even knows they do it and they make a whole bunch of money doing it. So I think a lot of us get caught up in, well, you know, this is how it's going because this is how I see it on YouTube. But in actuality, that's not the case at all. There's so many people out there making millions and millions and millions of dollars reselling that don't even have a social media don't even don't not even on YouTube at all. And I think a lot of us kind of just think that, oh, reselling is just what we see. Well, actuality, there's a lot more sellers that aren't visible than that are visible. Right. There are tons of rich people that do reselling that are not in the public eye, have no interest to be in the public eye because they're busy running a business. Now, a YouTuber who shares their business online, either as the YouTube's their main business or as their side business. They're still a business owner themselves. Their business model just may be different because YouTube's very much a part of their whole business model, not just part of their business model, or it may just be for fun for them. Because I'll be honest, doing this full time, it gets lonely. It is very lonely. Um, either you're on the road all the time or you're stuck in the warehouse all the time um, or you're in a store. You can be in a crowded room and be lonely, honestly, because you have no one to talk to. No one knows what you do. You have no way to relate to. Um, and those kind of people can make a lot of money as well. Um, you don't have to be the loudest person to be the richest person. Yeah. It's almost, you know, it's like, what do they say? Like, yeah, gotta watch out for the quiet guy or something like that. The quiet person, you know, those, those are the people that kind of just, and we even see it in our group, right? Uh, a lot of people that just lay low, like they're just crushing it on the back end of like, they'll message me like, Hey, how's it going? Like, how's it going with you? And they're like, yeah, I'm making a whole bunch of money. I'm like, Yep, that's how you do it. You just kind of stay in your lane, focus up, and just and you just keep going, and you and you'll get results. And I would say, you know, when it comes to saturation, media man, oh my god, I, I don't I don't know like if we can get a report of the most listings per category, like how many listings across the reselling platforms is books versus. I mean, what would what would even compete with books? You should use clothes. Probably clothing because clothing is also in abundance. I would put I would separate shoes from clothes though. I yeah, yeah, yeah. Because clothes compared to all of media is about the same. Yeah. So like we're playing in the most saturated game, you know. I mean, we we might be dumb for doing the categories we do, but uh it is it is I mean, you go look up go look up a book on eBay and you'll see how saturated it is, and you'll see how it's how four dollar life it is because that, that's what you're dealing with, and you have to find a way to do something different. If you're going to be in one of these saturated uh, categories, you have to, you know, if it's clothing, you know, maybe maybe it's certain brands, trends, trends in fashion, right? 
certain things just, do well. So just pulling it up here, I just typed in book on therapy. And over the last year, so this is a guy has listed one book, and this is a guy that's listed one million books, right? There are 692,334 booksellers. That's just books. So within one year, 692,000 plus people have listed a book on eBay in one year. That's crazy. I mean, that you talk about saturation right there. Like, we were playing a game that everybody else is playing, but that doesn't mean there's not opportunity because I'll say it again. A lot of people don't know what they're doing when it comes to having a reselling business, using the tools that are at our uh, our hands to use, doing things the correct way, doing them the better way, putting in a little bit more effort to kind of differentiate yourself. So even yeah. if you know, even if you want to get into something like books or use clothes, there's certain things you can do. Uh, and you just got to think a little bit outside the box when it comes to that. But overall, I mean, I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be scared if I if I had to start a completely new, even in a new category. If I had to go sell used clothes, like you said, Mike, tomorrow, your media is gone. You got to have a used clothing store. I wouldn't be worried about it because, yeah, it's saturated. But I would argue also with used clothes and books, there is more of it than ever out there to source. Right. And then it's like, OK. Who am I competing with and what are my margins going to look like? Maybe I go high, high end brand. Um, a lot of people do high end brand because they can't get enough of it. Right. Um, and, or maybe there, there's a, a really popular brand of clothes only overseas. Maybe you go, okay, I'm going to find the rare overseas clothing kind of thing. Um, any, even outside of clothes, even you pick something fun, like toys, because toys are fun. Maybe you don't do, maybe you're the parts only toy seller and people come to you for just the parts and not the actual completed, assembled or sealed in box only toys kind of deal. There's all kinds of things, all kinds. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to roll, roll out here with the last word on saturation. Yes, there are more than ever resellers there have ever been on any single platform, but yes, there also is more opportunity than there ever has been. You just have to figure out what excites you in this business, right? If you're not happy with what you're doing, you're not going to make it anyway, whether there's a million people or you're the only one. If, if you're not happy with what you're doing or what you're selling, if it doesn't excite you, it's just not going to work, right? And that, that would kind of be my challenge is, you know, if I had to sell used clothes, like I'm not a big clothing person, right? I just wear whatever I got, my wardrobe, and that's it. I'm not into fashions or anything like that. So yes, it is off-putting when you see everybody out there doing it. There is a lot more work than what you see out there on YouTube, TikTok, all of these platforms. There's a lot more work that goes into it than just walking in the store, scanning something with your phone, buying it, selling it, doubling your money, rinse and repeating. It is not that easy, unfortunately. But there is, you know, it really doesn't take a lot of work when it comes to building a business as long as you kind of follow in the footsteps. There's more resources than ever. So even if you're in an oversaturated market, you can think outside the box, reach out to, you know, one of these big resellers you see out there posting videos and you'll get a response, which didn't exist, right? There's more guidance out there than there ever has been. So we appreciate you guys listening to this episode and we'll catch you all next week. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Resellers Mindset Podcast. Today's full episode and all previous episodes are available to all YouTube members, along with the weekly Zoom call and private Discord. Head on over to youtube.com backslash the used book guy and consider joining for as little as $2.99 a month.